You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Wrigley Field in Chicago, the site of games three, four, and five of the 2016 World Series. And isn't it great to be talking baseball on Tribe Talk as we approach Halloween? Normally, this time of year, we're deep into our hot stove shows, but not in this special season for the Tribe as they have a two games to one advantage over the Cubs heading into game four on Saturday night here at Wrigley Field. Coming off an outstanding one nothing victory last night. More great pitching. The fifth postseason shutout for the Indians, which is a new postseason Major League record. Coming up on this week's show, we'll have a full recap of the first three games of the 2016 World Series here from many of those who have been key players so far in the series and much, much more. So stay with us. It's Tribe Talk. From the World Series, after this timeout, on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Wrigley Field in Chicago. And as we record this, it is quiet. After yesterday's first World Series game here since 1945, when they played the Tigers in Game 7 of what would be a Tigers World Series win. The Cubs haven't been back in 71 years, and... Wrigleyville was jumping last night, but they've seen their Cubs fall behind two games to one thanks to strong pitching from the Tribe, a one nothing victory on Friday night. And as we take you back to the start of the series, Tuesday night, back home in Cleveland at Progressive Field, packed to the gills as the Indians and the Cubs, two teams that haven't been to the World Series or won a World Series in a long, long time, they were having at it. And game one at Progressive Field featured Corey Kluber on the mound for the Indians. And here's Tom Hamilton's call to start the game. From Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, Ohio, it is game number one of the 2016 World Series, the 112th World Series. Dexter Fowler will lead it off, a switch hitting center fielder, and he will bat left-handed to get tonight's game underway. Corey Kluber, the stoic one. As always, first base side of the rubber. As we have a little bit of a delay as we get ready for pitch number one in the 2016 Fall Classic. Indians in the dark blue jerseys, red and white trim, white pants. Cubs in the traveling gray with a red 
and blue trim. So here we go, Dexter Fowler. 0-4-7 lifetime against Corey Kluber. The switch hitting center fielder, he'll bat left-handed. Corey Kluber has the sign. He's into the windup, and the first pitch of this World Series is just a little bit low and outside, ball one. And we are underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. 50 degrees, no breeze to speak of here for game one of the Fall Classic. Now the 1-0 pitch. Fowler swings and fouls it upstairs. It's a ball and a strike. Dexter Fowler hitting 262 with a homer and four RBIs this postseason. The Cubs got here by eliminating San Francisco and Los Angeles. Now the line by Kluber. Now the 1-1 pitch. Down and in. Ball two, two and one. It took the Cubs ten games as they would eliminate the Giants in four and the Dodgers in six. So the Cubs seven and three in postseason play here in 2016. The next pitch swung on smashed foul outside of first. And it's a 2-2 count. The Indians play Fowler a bit toward right, medium deep. And this Indians crowd is on its feet. In fact, they haven't sat since the national anthem. Corey Kluber gets the sign from Roberto Perez. Now the wind and the 2-2. Strike three called. Locked him up with a fastball. And that's how the 2016 World Series begins off the shores of Lake Erie as Corey Kluber strikes out Dexter Fowler looking. It didn't take long for the Tribe to jump in front. That familiar formula, get a lead, turn it over to the bullpen, and they got it done against John Lester in the first inning with Jose Ramirez at the plate and the bases loaded. Lester again sets. He delivers. Swung on a dribbler, slowly hit down the third baseline. It's going to be an RBI single. Jose Ramirez may have hit that ball 35 feet. A swinging bunt single down the third baseline. Chris Bryant had no play when he picked it up. And the Indians have grabbed the lead in game one of the World Series. All of this with two outs and nobody on. And Jose Ramirez has put the tribe on top one to nothing. The Indians would score again. The very next hitter, Brandon Geyer, stepped in. Lester's ready and the two-strike pitch. Inside, he hit him again! And the Indians take a 2-0 lead. Geyer led all of Major League Baseball in being hit by pitches. Lester tried to jam him with a cut fastball on an 0-2 count. And Geyer never gives in. And the Indians have a 2-0 lead. Geyer hit by the pitch. And that 2-0 lead was more than enough for Kluber, who was on top of his game. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Chased a curveball in the other batter's box. And Corey Kluber strikes out Bryant a second time. Folks, Corey Kluber has registered nine outs, eight of them strikeouts. Those eight strikeouts in the first three innings, a new major league record for a World Series performance for Corey Kluber. And the Indians would continue to tack on offensively, this time from an unlikely source, catcher Roberto Perez in the fourth. Here's the 0-1. 
Swung on, and there's a high fly ball deep left field. Does it have enough? That ball is gone. Home run, Perez. He doesn't know it yet, but the umpire down the left field line, Tony Randazzo says so. And now the home run trot, and the Indians are in front 3-0. A screaming line drive off the bat of Roberto Perez, and it hit the railing just above the yellow line at the top of the 19-foot high wall and left. And Perez has his second postseason home run. Late in the game, Tribe still up by three runs. It was Miller time for the Indians. Now the set, now the pitch. Swing and a miss. Miller got Schwarber. Boy, he just keeps doing it, doesn't he? Miller has stranded five in the two innings he's worked. It's the middle of the eighth inning, and the Indians still on top of the Cubs, three to nothing. And in the bottom half of the eighth inning, Roberto Perez would put the finishing touches on this one. Now the 2-2. Swung on and blasted. Deep left field. Away back. Gone. Wow, what a game for Perez. Roberto Perez in his first World Series game. Two home runs. Four RBIs. And a mob scene in the third base dugout. Cleveland, six. Chicago, nothing. And in the end, it was Cody Allen to finish things up in the ninth. The look at second. Allen's pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. And the Indians have won game one of the 2016 World Series. They blanked the Chicago Cubs six to nothing and for the Indians they have pitched their fourth shutout in this 2016 postseason after the game Rajay Davis stopped by to talk about the game one win in the World Series Rajay this club keeps talking about hey it's just another game we're going to keep the same approach Boy, it seems easier said than done, but did you feel like that tonight as well? I mean, we just went out there, and we were just relaxed, calm. You know, we're, you know, we, we, we have uh, the, the likes of just Nap, you know, his uh, presence, you know, his experience, his, and, and even Coco, their experience in, in this level, you know, is really uh, rubbing off on all of us. And, and, it, and it's kind of, you know, just, we just, we're just out there to win, you know, three more, three more games now. And, uh you know, that's, that's just the mindset, and um, we're, we're, our, our, our goal is not done yet. Rajay, a lot of the talk between the end of the last series and the start of the World Series was would the layoff hurt the Indians, but they played a good, clean baseball game tonight. And What do you think the key was? Well, I, I think um, it helps, you know, when we're able to take a little bit of live batting practice against our pitchers um, to help to keep, you know, a little bit of that timing. Um, you know, even Kip was able to get a couple of bats in uh, with the live batting practice. That helps, um, um, and, and I think um, you know, just the, the guys going out there and just being ready mentally. Um, I think that's the biggest key. Uh, we have guys who, who out there just mentally not giving up and, and, and focused on you know what we have to do today. Rajay, I, I mean, I guess there's nothing like your first major league game where sometimes you can't even feel your legs when you go to the plate that first major league game. Did, did anything feel 
bizarre for you tonight in your first ever oh, World Series? Absolutely. I mean, I was shaking in my boots. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really a nervous wreck out there in my first at bat. You know, just uh, see the ball, ah, go swing, swing. <laughs> but I, I was able to calm down a little bit and um, you know see the ball and react to it and um, got comfortable as the game got got a little, little later in the game. And you get in there in game one of the World Series. What did that mean to you, Rajay? Um, this is this is just this is this is huge. I mean, just to get that first one especially get that first win out the way um, and just focus on tomorrow. You know, it's, uh, it's just nice to get that first win, though. Hey, great job, Rajay. And, uh, my gosh, this is incredible, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Just three more. Great job, Rajay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So the Indians were 6 nothing winners to open the World Series back home in Cleveland on Tuesday night. Stay tuned. We'll have more of Tribe Talk. We'll talk game two. Also, recap post-game from game it's all coming your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Indians and the Cubs in the World Series. Game four on Saturday night. Game five Sunday night. Indians with a two games to one lead after the victory on Friday night here at Wrigley Field in game three. But taking us back to game one, Corey Kluber was just tremendous finished with nine strikeouts and picked up the win in game one and we had a chance to catch up with the Klubot the next day and he talked about how he was able to stay cool calm and collected in the face of all the pressure that goes with opening the World Series. Well, I mean it was definitely exciting uh, it, was, it was a great atmosphere last night uh, the fans were awesome and but yeah you know once you once you get out there and the game starts um, you know it, it sounds simple but it really just you know you go you kind of fall back to what you're comfortable with and it's just you know going out there and playing baseball we talked to Rajay Davis after the game and he said it took him a little while to settle down as a pitcher though because you're you're in it from pitch one is it a little bit easier probably yeah I think that yeah um you know for for a position player you know they, they might have their first at bat and they got to wait a while maybe get a ball hit some things like that but I think for us as pitchers like you said you know we we're in every pitch, so you know it, you're kind of you obviously have that extra adrenaline at, at the get-go, and then you know, like I said, you kind of fall into that normal normal game routine. I know when you've faced uh, American League teams in the past, or teams in the division especially, you say there's, there's really no secrets out there. It's a matter of executing. A little bit different with with a National League team that doesn't see you as much. Maybe a little bit, but I don't really feel like there's there's still any secrets. I mean, I, I know that we we haven't faced each other a lot head to head but I think that you know just with all the resources that are scouting wise I think that they're probably pretty comfortable with what my game plan is going to be and I know what they like to do and it's it I mean it, and, and ultimately it, it still comes down to you know who's going to execute when you leave a game and it's still hanging in the balance to some extent and you turn it over to a bullpen that now is is just going through a tremendous stretch what type of feeling is that for you to look back and, and watch the rest of the game yeah, our our bullpen's been been unbelievable for for a while now, and I think that uh, you know it it's it's a comforting feeling for sure, knowing that the, that the guys that are they're coming in at the back end of the game are are doing their job, you know, as well as anybody is right now. And I think that you know we we obviously have a lot of confidence in them. They have a lot of confidence in themselves right now, and you know that's kind of that's kind of our our game plan is is to get the ball to them with the lead. Corey Kluber joining us, Tribe starting pitcher, and a good one again last night. And your catcher, Roberto Perez, had a great game, historic in, in some aspects. 
how much has he grown, in your opinion, from when you first started throwing to him uh, last year with some of the injuries to Jan Gomes? I think a lot. I mean, I think a lot of it. A lot of it comes with experience and, and confidence comes along with that. I think that you know he he would probably be the first one to tell you that he was a little bit unsure of himself last year. You know, when he first got his extended time to play and. But the more you do it, the more natural it becomes, and you know you can you can just tell the that he's he's confident in himself. He trusts himself now. He's not trying to walk on eggshells or do what he thinks somebody else wants him to do. You know he's he's going out there and he's playing baseball like he knows he's capable of. And you know, like you said, last night was was an awesome night for him. But you know it wasn't just last night. He's been doing it for for a while now. All part of a Tribe win in Game One of the Fall Classic. Corey Kluber, thanks for coming by. Thank you. So the Indians with a 6 nothing win had won game one. The Cubs, though, they would bounce back in game two with a 5-1 to one victory as their offense, keyed by young stars Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, and others, they got it going against Tribe pitching a rarity in the postseason, and the Indians committed two errors in the ballgame, also a rarity for the Indians, and the Cubs evened up the series with a 5-1 to one victory in game two. So the scene would shift to Wrigley Field for Game 3, and we'll have all the highlights of a classic when we come back after this on the Indians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Wrigley Field in Chicago. It's Tribe Talk, and yes, we're talking baseball. Still Tribe Baseball here in late October, which is certainly a great thing as the Indians have had a wonderful postseason. The win in Game 3 on Friday night gives the Indians a postseason record this year of 10-2 and two with five shutouts. That is a postseason major league record. Just tremendous pitching, and it continued last night, starting with Josh Tomlin shutting down the Cubs early and often getting it done in the first inning to get off to a good start. And, of course, you talk about an inspiration. His dad is here. Paralyzed from the chest down, but he is here at Wrigley Field in a wheelchair as he was flown up from Texas to see his son pitch in the World Series. Now the wind and the 1-1. Rizzo fouling it at the plate and the count of 1-2. This summer his dad was at work, felt a burning sensation, started to go numb. It's a very complicated situation that he had to have surgery for. As the 1-2 pitch swung on, a bouncer to first, fielded by Napoli, underhand flip to Tomlin, and Jerry Tomlin, Josh's dad, sees his boy go 1-2-3. Jerry Tomlin had basically a number of blood vessels wrapped around the spinal cord. The surgery saved his life, but at the moment he's paralyzed from the chest down. You wonder where Josh gets his toughness and competitiveness? It's from his dad, Jerry, and he is here tonight at Wrigley Field. Tomlin has a 1-2-3 inning, and the Indians and Cubs are tied going to the second, nothing-nothing. Kyle Hendricks was very strong as well for the Cubs. The game was still scoreless in the fifth inning. That's when Andrew Miller came on in a rare tight spot for the Indians to try and bail out Josh Tomlin. Here's the pitch to him. Swung on. There's a line drive to right. Right there is Chisenhall. Makes the catch. And the side is retired. Well, the Indians dodge a bullet in the fifth. And we will head to the sixth. World Series Game 3. Still no score between the Tribe and the Cubs here at Wrigley. Miller stayed on in the sixth inning, and Miller did what he has done so often. Miller sets, fires, swing and a miss, struck him out on a slider. 
So Fowler is out number one. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with a slider. So Miller strikes out Bryant. Two down on a couple of strikeouts. Now Anthony Rizzo. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Chase the slider in the other batter's box. Andrew Miller strikes out the side. But more importantly, he's not even at 20 pitches yet. Then in the seventh, game still deadlocked with no score. On came pinch hitter Coco Crisp with runners in scoring position. And bear in mind, Coco Crisp led the American League in hitting with men in scoring position during the regular season. A 392 average in those spots. Well, Terry Francona continued to push the right buttons this postseason, calling on Coco to pinch hit. No score, seventh inning, Martinez at third, Davis at first, infield partway in the pitch. Coco Chris swings, lines one to right. Coming on, playing it on the bounce is Soler. It's a base hit. Coming home to score is Martinez. Throw to third by Soler, and Rajay Davis is thrown out at third. Oh, a great throw by Jorge Soler as Davis tried to go first to third on the base hit to right and was thrown out by Soler, but the Indians have a one nothing lead on the pinch hit RBI single to right by Coco Crisp. So the Tribe had a lead, and the bullpen would continue to impress as Brian Shaw came on in the seventh inning with the tying run at third base. Shaw trying to keep the Indians on top, one to nothing. Runner at third, two down. He checks the runner, comes to the plate. Baez swings, grounds one to short. His good buddy Lindor has it, throws, inning over. Brian Shaw comes through here in the seventh. So seven innings in the books. The winner of this game takes a two games to one lead in the World Series. Right now through seven, it's the Indians one and the Cubs nothing. Then it was Cody Allen on in the eighth inning to work out of a spot. Cubs batting in the eighth, runner at first, two down. Allen with a two-strike count on the Cubs' young phenom. The next offering, runner goes, pitch swung on and missed. It was a curve in the dirt, picked up by Gomes, wanted to tag Bryant. Now he throws to first to complete the strikeout. What a curveball in the dirt by Cody Allen to strikeout Chris Bryant, and Gomes stuck with it. Not an easy pitch to block. And so the Indians escape another inning as the Cubs leave a runner aboard. And what a job Miller, Shaw, and Allen are doing to follow up a tremendous start by Josh Tomlin. And in the end, it was Cody Allen who would finish things off and preserve the one nothing victory. Cody Allen one strike away from giving the Indians a two games to one lead in the World Series. Allen with that deep breath comes set, checks both runners. Now the 2-2. Swing and a miss! Ball game! He got him with a high heater! And Cody Allen has struck out Javier Baez to end it in the ninth with Cubs at second and third. And the Indians have beaten the Chicago Cubs one to nothing in a brilliant ball game here at Wrigley Field. And the Indians have now taken a two games to one lead in the World Series. And for the first time in the history of postseason baseball, one team has pitched five shutouts in one postseason. That one team, the Cleveland Indians, the first team in Major League history to pitch five shutouts in one postseason. 
After the game, Tribe second baseman and Chicago native Jason Kipnis stopped by to talk about another big Tribe win in the postseason. The hometown kid just spoiled the Cubs night. Jason Kipnis, <laughs> congratulations, pal. Thank you, thank you. What a win. What a great win tonight. Have you ever been a part of a more heart-stopping game in your life? Uh, not too many. I mean, it, I love it, though. This is what we play for. This is the the tension, the adrenaline that all, all the athletes are adrenaline junkies. This is what we look for, so this is awesome. And you mentioned that, Kip, and up here it, it's hard to – to stay contained and, and composed, how do you do it down there just to making sure you make the plays that you need to make? Because we've done it so many times before. This is what spring training, this is what our careers are about. You take hundreds of hundreds of ground balls, so when you get it in a situation like this, you handle it. Jason, I mean, the runs were so hard to come by tonight, and the Indians had a couple of opportunities that got away, but these are two tremendous pitching staffs. As a hitter, are you even amazed at what you're seeing the Indians do from a pitching standpoint? A little bit, and not to take anything away from what our guys have done. It's just how good the three lineups that we've faced so far, the Boston, the Toronto, and now these guys, that they've done it for 162 games, and for us to come in and what we've done to them so far up to this point has been nothing short of unbelievable, and you give absolutely all the credit to our pitching staff. And along those lines, Josh Tomlin at the start on a, on a night where the wind is blowing out hard, yet he was tremendous tonight. And I know the team enjoys playing behind him. What does it mean when you see him go out there and pitch like he did? Well, we know we got a competitor on the mound, and uh, he's absolutely outstanding when he takes the bump. Um, it's almost like he's, I'm tired of everyone being surprised at how good he's been doing because he <laughs> found it. He did this in the first half where he can go on these runs where he puts together great start after great start, and he just – battled through their lineup and did an outstanding job for us. We really set the tone. We really feel confident with him on the bump. Kip, we'll let you go here, but I'm just wondering, I mean, all of us had dreams like you did of playing in a World Series in their <laughs> hometown, only most of us weren't good enough to play on our Little League team. But you're here. You're living the dream. Was tonight as magical as maybe you envisioned it? Because we won. I didn't dream of just playing in a World Series. I dreamt of winning a World Series. And everyone keeps thinking I'm a Cubs fan. I haven't been a Cubs fan since the Indians drafted me. I got one team on my mind and one team that I want to win this World Series, and we just took game three tonight. What a great job. Kip, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. That's Jason Kipnis following Friday night's one nothing Tribe win over the Cubs, giving the Indians a two-games-to-one advantage now in the 2016 World Series. Game four is Saturday night. We'll preview that for you. Take a further look back at game three after this timeout as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk Indians with a two games to one lead in the World Series as game four is Saturday night here at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Indians with that lead thanks to tremendous pitching in game three on a night where the wind was blowing out. Boy, you looked at the flags and you figured it might be a 9-8 game, one of those classic Wrigley Field slugfests, especially a Cubs team that scored a ton of runs this season. Indians finished second in the American League in runs scored, but the pitchers ruled the night, including Tribe starter Josh Tomlin, who was pitching with his father in town, able to see him pitch after sustaining some major medical issues late in the summer, paralyzed from the chest down, but Jerry Tomlin was able to be there to see his son pitch, and after the game, Josh talked with the national media about how emotional the game was for him. Probably said it more times than I probably should, but it was probably one of my 
more emotional starts I've ever had in my entire life, career, in any situation baseball-related um, ever. It was I'm very fortunate enough for him to even be here. Um, so to have him get to experience a World Series game, and my, obviously my first World Series start was um, it meant everything. So, uh, I found him before the game. That way I could kind of go to him throughout the course of the game if it, the game was speeding up on me, just to find that sense of that calm there. Um, what he's gone through is, I mean, that's nothing to what we're going through right now. So um, to be able to find him and see him in the stands, it just kind of kind of calmed me down and just kind of let me go out there and settle into a game and try to go out there and do the best I could for him. I think the, you used the right word. It's intense, very intense, um, very emotional for me. Um, but it was a it was a loud atmosphere the whole game, and um, you know it was one of those things where if you don't if you, if you kind of let off the gas pedal a little bit and try to try to coast, they could put a crooked number on you in a hurry. So it was you know you got to be locked into the game the whole time. Jeff, you guys have set a postseason record as a team with the most shutouts ever in a postseason. What does that mean as part of this pitching staff to be a part of that? It's special. It's it's pretty cool. Um, we understand that's one of our strengths as a team. <clears throat> it's not the only strength of our team, but. Um, we understand this is a, a unit. There's 25 guys pulling the same direction on the rope, and um, we get what our, what our main goal is. That's try to win a World Series. And, um, so there's no one. There's no one really, you know, trying to find individual stats or trying to do anything special or, or anything more than what we're capable of doing. It's just everybody do what they're capable of doing and see what happens. Also, after the game, Terry Francona talked about a heart-stopping one-nothing win for the Tribe that puts them up two games to one. Tito, uh, you've been going to Andrew early through the postseason, but how much did you know tonight with it being in a National League park, you might not be able to get the two and the third out of them, and did you know that Sean Allen might have to do a little bit more heavy lifting at the end? Well, I, I don't think we really want to go two and a third all the time. I mean, it's worked out like that, um, and in the National League, it's certainly going to be – a little more, a little harder, even if you want to. But I just thought that he did what he was supposed to. And, again, if he wouldn't have come up to hit, maybe we would have sent him back out. But I think he threw 19 pitches. I, I was okay with where we were there. That was that was Pawnee for tonight. Tito, you uh, made a lot of moves tonight. Is this the toughest type of game to manage, and particularly in a National League park? Yeah, that was agonizing. I mean, we had a, you know, we had Santana playing left field that, not a left fielder, so that's one move. Then we pinch ran for our catcher. We were, we needed to win that game in nine, or Kluber was going to end up hitting at some point. That was as fun of a game as it was to be a part of. That was agonizing because, you know, we used so many guys. I think it shows some of the versatility, you know, being able to move move Michael Martinez around and having the confidence in him that he can catch the ball at any position. You know, how big do you think this is? You come in here, no Kluber, and all the hype here, and to play the way your guys did in this atmosphere. I don't know about the hype too much. Um, I mean, I don't think it matters to the guys in the clubhouse, like what outside expectations are for this series. I think what's important is what we feel inside there. And I think we've been pretty honest about it the whole time. We know we're going to have our hands full to beat these guys. And tonight was a good example. I mean, that was that was as close a ball game as you're ever going to find. And we we found a way to manage to win that game. That's 
You know, we say it all the time, we want to be one run better. That's about as true to form as you can get. Uh, Tomlin, his dad was here. How impressed were you just by the way he held it all together? Oh, he always holds it together. I think, I think if anything, I don't want to speak for him because that, but I think if anything, he was genuinely excited that his dad was here. Um, but he always, he's not going to beat himself. And, you know, again, sending him to the mound tonight was, we were excited about that. And the fact that his dad was here made it better. John, in the back. Terry, with, with the Amwati situation and, and knowing he wasn't going to be in the postseason, how important was it to a guy of caliber of Coco, and what has he brought to you here in the, these two months? Well, I mean, he's got a ton of playoff experience, and, you know, on our club, we're, we don't have a ton. I mean, Napoli and, you know, a little bit, but um, it's, it's a switch hitting bat that knows how to play the game, can run the bases. Certainly the, 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 the bigger the spotlight is not going to get in his way, as he showed tonight, and he showed, you know, a lot of times with us. Um, I thought that Chris and Cherney and the guys deserved a lot of credit because it kind of went under the radar, but not in our clubhouse. Also meeting with the media after Game 3, Coco Crisp, who supplied the only run of the game with a pinch hit RBI single in the seventh, and for Crisp, it's been a continuation of what has been an outstanding postseason. It obviously feels good. Um, no matter if you get the big hit or lay the bunt down, you want to do something that can possibly help the team. And fortunate, fortunately enough for me today, it was the hit. Um, but whatever I can do, defense, maybe a conversation, um, and just try to help out in any way possible. On the left aisle, Dave. Uh, Coco, you guys coming in, you know, a few guys have joked about it being like a Cleveland versus the world type of thing, you know, with a lot of attention on the Cubs, and you guys kind of felt like the other team. To come in here today and win a one nothing game, really going head-to-head, using a ton of players, I mean, what does that feel like for you guys as far as, a, you know, confidence going forward or just what you guys were able to do tonight? Right. Yeah, Cleveland against the world, that's, you know, kind of the been the motto. And... Um, you know, coming here and, and seeing all the blue in the stands and all the blue that was at our ballpark, you know, the, the support for the Cubs is is, is worldwide. And uh, you know what you're dealing with coming into the game. And, and, and our fans do a great job of, of supporting us as well. But uh, coming in here and getting the victory uh, tonight is, is big for us. I think our clubhouse is loose regardless of any situations, wins or loss. We come in the same way. But it's always nice to get that victory. Right in the middle here. You're two, uh, two wins away from a title. Is that something that's hard not to think about? <laughs> it's better than three wins away, that's for sure. Um, you know, I've been getting text messages, and, you know, my phone's been blown up. I don't think I've had more than three or four text messages at a time uh, after a game prior to the, the playoffs, and now it's like 30, 40. And uh, every, everybody is, is kind of saying that. Two wins away, two, two more, you know. So it's, uh, it's something that I think about because of that. And obviously, you know, but uh, you still got to take it game to game and and come out and try to do your best tomorrow. So setting things up for Saturday night's game four, John Lackey will go for the Cubs, making his first start of the World Series. And he'll be opposed by Corey Kluber, who is going on just the three days rest for the second time this postseason. And he talked about any changes that he might need to make to adjust to shorter rest between starts. It's just basically doing the same stuff in one less day, you know, the sides a little shorter, things like that. But 
still able to get in the things I need to get in in between, and I don't really feel like the last time I did it, it made you know a big difference in the way I felt the day I pitched. Tito mentioned, though, that you were so conscious of your legs the last time you did it, and so now will that not be a, a considerate? You know? Yeah, I mean, last time was my first time doing it, so I didn't really know what to expect, how I was going to feel, and now that I do know that I felt fine, I mean, it's just a matter of using those three days to recover, and, you know, I'll be fine tomorrow, and then just go out there and pitch. Yeah, if you know that you might be pitching again with three days rest, is there any thought of maybe trying to be a little bit more pitch efficient and maybe get guys to put the ball in play as opposed to, you know, striking guys out and going deep into counts? Well, I mean, I'm never trying to strike guys out. If I get them to put in play on the first pitch every bat, that'd be great with me. Um, no, I'm not going to change the way I pitch. I think if I was trying to to be a, a different kind of pitcher, then, you know, this isn't necessarily the time to do that. You know, just go out there and try to get outs and, you know, I mean, if if it gets to a, where I pitch again, you know, I'll be fine. Uh, Corey, over here. Um, how about pitching in this ballpark? Uh, any kind of emotion pitching in here? It's probably going to be another warm and windy night tomorrow as well. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a, an awesome atmosphere. I mean, they've been, they've been waiting a long time to have a World Series. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure tonight will be an electric atmosphere. I'm sure tomorrow will be. I mean, it's going to be fun. So that sets it up. Game four on Saturday night. Game five Sunday night. And then, potentially, the series heading back to Cleveland for games six and seven. If necessary now, the Indians do have, believe it or not, a chance to wrap this thing up in Chicago if they can win on both Saturday and Sunday nights. But game four, first up on the docket, and that will be Saturday night with an 8.08 first pitch. Indians Radio Network coverage starting at 7.37. Thanks so much for listening. We'll join you next week when we can... Barring some weather issues, we can tell you that the season will be complete and uh, it will either be a, a great, great story that we'll be talking about on next Saturday's Tribe Talk or perhaps the other way around. But certainly it has shaped up to be an entertaining and outstanding World Series so far for the Cleveland Indians. So we'll catch up with you next week back home at Progressive Field. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network.